0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Do you want to go to rugby heaven? Let's go back to 1987 with Scratch. Squidge. Let's go back to 87
2: with Squidge. Welcome back to the Squidge Rugby World Cup Retrospective Podcast. The podcast is even more retrospective than ever, because not only are we being retrospective over the retrospective, we're being retrospective over two retrospectives, which makes this I think, like, to the power of six retrospective. We are really retrospecting today. Yeah. I think we're retrospecting twice, aren't we? And then again, as a whole, on top of all of that. And then again on top of... It's just, it's, it's incredibly, pointlessly meta. So you join today for a very special episode where we'll be carrying out the first Squid Rugby World Cup retrospective draft. Yeah, the first of many, I <laughs> should add. So this is an idea we had very shortly after finishing the last World Cup, after finishing 2011. And we're going to carry this on after each World Cup we finish, is the idea. So, the goal of this episode, and indeed the whole run, is to produce a dream team from every Rugby World Cup. Yeah, so we're each going to pick a dream team. Yeah. And then we're going to plot them against each other and make them have either a fight to the death, a game of rugby, or a, a fan vote, like or just something a, just like that. a poll. That. Probably yeah, just like a poll. Yeah, yeah. I like, feel like the death feels really hard to organise, I think. There's a lot of kind of risk assessment forms. That we sure, need to fill out. sure. And I, I started doing it and I kind of started to fill it in and reached the conclusion, it is risky. Yeah. So the aim is we're each going to create, we're each going to pull up a full 33 man or eventually woman, who knows where this will mm-hmm. go, 33 player squad from players who've played in Rugby World Cups we've covered. Correct. So for the time being, for today, we are going to take 10 players. We'll take... Four forwards, four backs, and two wildcards, which can be forwards, backs, coaches, etc. Anything. Water boys, bus drivers. It can be whatever. So, assistant coaches, as well as the squad itself. We want to add a head coach, and two assistant coaches, a team physio or doctor, medic of some sort, a mascot, a referee. Who <laughs> our team will just yeah. Have. We will each have a referee. We will each. There'll be two on the park at the t- yeah. during the game. And they're both going to be really biased. We figured this would be a more fair way of doing it. Because at the minute, right? World Rugby employs all the referees to be biased against the Springboks. Yeah. And we figured maybe if every team had a referee who was biased towards them, yeah. that would be the way to do it. Yeah. And um, they can have honest negotiations in the middle to see who has the fairer point, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, we will be biased against Springboks as well. Like, we're not stupid. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, they are referees. Every referee's got to be, you know. Yes, Jaco Piper hates them. We then also get four wild cards mm. in which we can include literally anyone to do literally any job So it can, our team. that can be, if we want to just have more players. We can have more players. We can have more players. I think, by the way, why don't actual Rugby World Cup teams do this? They should do this. They're allowed to they do this. They we, well, we give them permission, don't yeah. we? Yeah. It doesn't matter what World Rugby thinks. We give them permission to do this to add either extra players, extra mascots, extra coaches, extra physios, whatever it is. Yeah.
0: Just bring them along. We're just friends.
2: Just see what happens. They can literally be friends. <laughs> we can literally add somebody and well, say, like Wales did in a in 2019. They brought Bryn Gatland as a friend. Exactly. Exactly. And. Gabby Gatlin's boyfriend or whatever it was who's was a yeah. new touch player, right? Yeah. So I'll, I'll also add as well before we get cracking this was your genius idea. This has been your <laughs> brainchild. Uh, you came up with this and I've been so excited ever since. Uh, I'm really, really glad that we're now doing this because sometimes ever since it was suggested I think in the back of probably both of mm. our minds there's been a little bit of a I wonder if this person might eventually make the cut mm. but not at the forefront you know? Yeah. So the idea is yeah if I take a player, yeah. Will cannot take that player in their squad. No. Right? That is the whole setup of the draft. Yeah. So, if hypothetically to use players that aren't in either of the World Cups we've used. Yeah. So, you know, aren't on the table today. Today, we're only allowed to pick from the players that played in the 2011 or 1987 Rugby World Cups. Yes. And also, while we're on that point, we're only allowed to pick them in positions they played in the tournaments we have already covered. Yes. So... To use an example I used with you earlier, yeah. if one of us was to pick Diego Cash, who played hooker for Argentina, but was generally a prop, I do not know if he played in the 91 tournament, but let's pretend for the sake of this, he played prop in the 91 tournament, we would only be allowed to pick him at hooker because we've only watched 1987 exactly. thus far. Exactly. But when we get to 91, if that eventuality does happen, we would then be allowed to pick him in that position. Exactly. Mauro Masco can only play Flanker. Yes. Yeah. Just generally. <laughs> yeah. He can only play Flanker. He's also capped on the wing of Scramar. We're not allowed to pick him there. Yeah. Because uh, he only played there in these tournaments. So we do have to nominate a position for each player and build out the team as we go. But is if we wanted today, we could pick all, I suppose, four of our backs and then both our wildcards all playing fly halves. Yeah. If we wanted to... And just fill out our additional squad and our bench with fly halves. That's up to us how we prioritize this. But eventually we will come through with a 42 person squad. Yeah. It doesn't all have to be people. We'll see. But a 42 (laughs) happening squad. That is the idea. That Mm -hmm. is the goal. We'll put these up. We'll post these up afterwards as well and be like, this is our team at the minute. Yeah. As we build this eventual World Cup dream team. Yeah. And how are you feeling about this as we go towards it?
0: Yeah. I'm,
2: I'm excited because Neither of us have any clue who anyone's going to pick. Nope. We've not discussed this in the slightest. We've I'm... kind of we laid out the rules. We kind of discussed the rules a bit. Yeah, yeah. Also, final rule you suggested earlier: if there's a player from the nineteen eighty seven oh, yes. tournament who goes on to become well, a coach, I think there's only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in... In, in, a, in a future World Cup, yes. though, they then just generally throughout this whole draft thing that we're doing, mm. that person is only allowed to be in one person's team once. Yeah. So, you're not allowed to have somebody in your team as both a player and a coach. But the other thing is, right? If you take a player from 1987, right? Yeah. And they go on to win, as happens with a few players, they go on to win the 95 or the 2000, 1991 or even 1999 World Cups, right? Yeah. You get that player. That player's off the board permanently. Yeah. They don't come back again for World Cups, there's not no. locked to individual World Cups. Yeah. You get that player off the board, as you say. Yep. Like the, their entire career is gone. And locked away with whoever chooses them. And it's interesting, and so, because that might play a part in this. I've not thought too heavily about like, that in my selections, there's or some hopeful of, selections. There's some picks, right? Because we're going to do a straight draft where we'll flip a coin, we'll get P money into decides, yeah. and then we will go back and forth and take them turns, right? Yes, we did consider, if we did like a snake draft where we get two picks, someone go first and someone get two picks and two picks and two picks. Yeah. If so, I had some really fun ideas to really screw you over. <laughs> you prick. And it's such a shame I'm not going to get to do those now. But at, we'll see. At the end, because... you maybe want to reveal what those might oh, have yeah, been? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Because like, I think, I think there's something in this format that we do want to produce the better team than the opponent. Like, yes. it's not about producing the best team, it's about producing a better team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Look, I think we both have similar kind of rules and values I... for what constitutes a good team, they rugby right? values. Rugby values. I... My first three picks feel quite clear to me, because there are three people I feel reasonably screwed if I don't get. Okay, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting, because we have no idea what the positions are, though. So... There's... There's a strong likelihood we're thinking of the same three people. Yeah. And I say strong. It's very possible. I don't know. I literally have no idea who you're thinking of. yeah. But it's... Oh, it's so exciting. So, should we get going? Should we flip the court? Should we bring in our special guest? Yes, we have a special guest on today's episode. He's joined us several times before, but he's not very busy these days, so he's quite an easy booking. I've actually looked on this guy's website. You can actually book him via his website. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I'm available all the time, bro. Yeah. so Always hustling. Always hustling, bro.
2: We might as well properly introduce him. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the one and only. It's P-Money.
0: Hey, ladies. Hey, gentlemen. Hey, ladies again. It's me, P-Money. How are you doing? How are you doing, bros?
2: Uh, personally, I'm all right. Thank you, P-Money. I'm all the better for seeing help, you. Bro. Good to see really you, interesting. bro. I'm currently making eye contact <laughs> with P-Money as we record this. P-Money, how have you been?
0: Yeah, I've been I've been good, bro. Uh, I've been been working on some hot tracks.
2: Oh yeah, what know? kind of hot um, tracks you've been working on, people? Oh,
0: they're they're bouncing, they're banging. Yeah, they're, um, they're they're gonna be people are gonna be hearing them in the club and they're gonna be be licking. Oh, yeah? They're gonna be licking each other because they're so they're so the music's so good, bro. Oh
2: yeah, it's it's, so good. That is what happens whenever someone plays a banger. Is everyone just licks? When each was, last, heads time, when
0: was the last time, bro? When was last time, bro? You're listening to the best of Carly Minogue and you didn't lick someone.
2: It's never happened. It's never literally happened, never happened.
0: Never happened. I also, so Locomotion. <laughs> lick lick
2: lick. Yeah, yeah. Have, have you sampled
0: that track yet, P Money? Not yet, bro, but I'm I'm working on it. Trying to get on the, the next rice. Trying oh, to clear okay. it. Yeah, Kelly Minogue doesn't have a section on her website to book her. Yeah. And to to get the rice to her music. It's a real shame, bro. But That's I, quite I inconsiderate of her. It really is, bro. She's too yeah. busy being in neighbours reunions. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I hope that the, the the several amounts of money that you're getting from this podcast will help you. Book that and get the license for the, the, the money. Locomotion. The
0: money I'm getting, bro, is actually my cousin.
2: Oh, okay, okay, okay. I've look. I'm P not gonna, I'm, oh, Yeah, yeah. Is P Dollar a rapper as well?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. He's an accountant.
2: Are you of any relation to the other P Money?
0: The other P Money?
2: Yeah, there's there's a UK rapper called P Money as well, but he doesn't have a hyphen between the two. He's just got a space.
0: That's boring, bro. It's shit. I'm gonna isn't sue it? him, bro. Have you got yeah, any lawyers yeah. around, bro? Also, can you get some lawyers for me?
2: Yeah, actually, we've got fucking loads of them backstage. You can go meet up with them and go and get together a killer lawsuit. Cool, can
0: we get on with that, bro, so I can I can go and, yeah, and yeah. sue the I, hell
2: out of P-Money? I, I also found out that you produced the soundtrack for the New Zealand film Born to Dance in 2015 recently. Yeah, I did, bro. So, that was how, seven years ago. How was that experience? <laughs> I suppose we'll get to that when we do 2015 on the podcast, yeah, which is a while away. Pretty possibly. sick,
0: pretty sick, bro.
2: Pretty sick, Okay, bro. Well, if anybody listening to this podcast before we get on with this wants to book P Money, you can go to info at strike. Or we can just we can just get on. We can get on with this. Okay. Okay. So, P Money, you ready? Yeah, bro. Okay. He's born so, ready, bro. Yeah.
0: Born to dance, bro.
2: Am I picking heads or tails? Then. Sure. Okay. Feels so much pressure on okay. this. This is happening. Okay, P Money, I would like to go for. Tails. You're going tails. Tails for Wales never fails, according to Sam Warburton. Uh, Martin Williams, wasn't it? Martin Williams. Yeah. Martin Williams. Anyway, oh. so it's been flipped, and we're about to review heads. heads. So would you like to go first or I second? would like to go first oh. and am- instantly feel a great pressure on this. Because oh no! I think there's three players who you can choose from who are in enormous demand here mm. and will kind of screw over the. And I feel like you'll take one of the others immediately. Thing is, I'm now, as soon as that verdict came out of Heads and you going first, I suddenly have this burning thought that we might have the same, like, opening player that we want to shotgun early on, you know, yeah. or we're opening couple players or something. <sighs> it's really difficult. Here's the thing, because I knew my first one would be <laughs> one of two. Okay. And I sort of knew, I sort of figured you'd take the other one. And so I'd just take the other one if I came second. Okay. But instead I've got to choose between them, which I was not prepared to do. Okay, yeah. But I am, as the opening pick, to oh. go into my team, and I'm we'll be keeping a track of this as we go. Yeah. I am going to pick, at fullback, Fiji's own Severo Corunduadu. Fuck! <laughs> Fuck
0: you! <laughs> no! <laughs> Off to
2: a flying start. <laughs> I take it, I take it. You were looking at Serge Blanco the full Was I, Serafina, you could you now? Mate. No, I'm joking. Uh, obviously, Superboot was both of our first pick of yeah. the draft. Out of Every player we've watched in this whole tournament, both of these tournaments. Obviously, he was the guy we both looked at. as like, he's the first name on yep. the team sheet, mate. Would you like to briefly go into why you've picked yeah. Superboot? Well, I mean, Superboot is a player that is impossible not to immortalise and not to... Feel the cult around him, right? Mm. And we were coming back to him, and seeing him 30 years past his heyday, and yet you can't help but get wrapped up in him. Because he is a player that is nothing but USPs. Like, he is, he isn't necessarily, like, the greatest fullback in the world, but he is a fullback where all of his strengths are so strong that you, they, they are ridiculously overpowered. So endearing. Yeah. He is just one of the most fun to watch players and he's unique within I think Fijian rugby certainly as a player and he is the he is kind of the fan favourite fullback I think anyone listening but more important anyone that's kind of watched those games and watched him play is instantly caught up and wanting him. There's a reason both mm. of us were so in demand yeah. for Superboot. I feel like I completely echo everything you just said even though it's on your team and I shouldn't I shouldn't advocate for your players right, especially not well, straight do away. It? Yeah. But given I, it's so obvious I also wanted him so much. I just think that's, look, if this does go to a fan vote poll of some description, that's a good starting point for yourself. So, I hope. I so. mean, fair play to you. Yeah. P-Money rigged that, but you've got Super Boot. You've got him in the bag. How does it feel? Good. 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 I'm happy with my first pick, mostly because of your reaction. <laughs> Screw you, man. So, your first pick. It's Dan Carter. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. <laughs> I always had it in mind. Literally, I've had this in mind for like six months. Like, Super is the first guy I'm going to go for. And if you pick him, I'm just going to go for Dan Carter. That's interesting. Just so I can flip you off and just be like, that's oh, I've got Dan it's not the player I was going to go for next. That's oh, not my really? other player. Interesting. That's very interesting. Please, yeah. please tell me why you've picked Dan Carter. Well, immediately, mean, by the way. It's quite, it's quite obviously a controversial one because um, in the 2011 tournament, he got mm. ruled out with injury. But. And you know we've we've seen him play a handful of games. I did give him man of the match in one of the few games okay. he played against France in the 2011 tournament in the pool stage. And yeah, obviously there's <laughs> an air of novelty to it. But generally, I think it boils down to the fact that he's essentially the best player to ever play the game. Yeah, Uh he's up there. And also, as you say, this encapula- encapsulates a whole career. Yeah, and he's and added, he's had a good. Look, he's been to three World Cups. As we're taking it the minute. We don't get his performances in 2015. No, we don't. We don't. But... We're getting the 2011 Dan Carter. You have banked that. I can never touch that once we've covered it. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought... You've just taken him off the table and it's very smart. If nothing else, it's kind of a punchline. Like, oh yeah, you took the Fijian fullback from (laughs) ninety I've taken Dan Carter. Like, on paper. And look, we have the paper in front of us. And in theory, I have a stronger team than you right now. (laughs) Yeah. If you were showing this us a year ago, before we would watched the 1987 Rugby World Cup, I absolutely would have gone, yeah, you're in the lead here. I've gone for a forgotten fallback who won about 15 caps for Fiji. And you've gone for maybe the greatest player to ever play the game. The all-time top point scorer in the history of Rugby Union. And not only that, but when I said him, you went, oh, interesting, why have you done that? After me flipping you off for the fact that you picked said fullback, Yeah, I mean, what could I say? Dan Carter is the first name on my team sheet. Is it is it the correct decision? I guess time will tell, but certainly he's pretty good at I rugby. I think it's maybe because when I was drawing up my list of contenders, 10 is the position which I had the most There's a crowd players. for 10. Like, I am okay not having yeah, Dan Carter. Yeah, and that's fair fly enough. Off. Like, at fly-off, you... No matter, like, if I picked four fly-offs today, you would still have someone world-class playing yeah. the 10 jersey for you. Because fly has been, I think fly was arguably the strongest position in 1987. I think so. Uh, for yeah, probably. the stronger teams and stuff. And also in 2011, Maybe. you would have had four or five, if not world-class, then at least, players who, you know, are fitting the vibe that we're yeah. going for. Yeah, I'm quite happy to have Ander Munro. Mm. I, I, not... yeah, I, I didn't want to name-drop Yeah, I didn't want to name You could tell that that was exactly who I was thinking of. <laughs> but I didn't want to name-drop him. <laughs> okay. It's nice talking about 2011 players again, by the way. I've missed yeah. some of them. Good to have them all back I with Andy the lawyers. The For my second pick, I'm going to take another back, and I'm going to take oh. off the table and put straight in at inside centre of the All Blacks, Mar Nonu. Screw you. That was my next pick as well. He was the one I was hovering over. I very almost picked him as my first pick, because I thought there was almost more... No, yeah. you were... Those two I was nailed on. I just wanted those two players in my team. Those are your first two picks and uh, you've them both. I think in terms of best performance across both World Cups we've watched, like mm. the standout player, for picking a player of both tournaments, which is a ridiculous thing to do. Yeah. I'm taking Mar Nonu. Yeah. Like I think he is the best performer over either tournament. Frankly like, I put I together hundred percent agree with you. And in twenty eleven we've not even seen Prime Maronu yet. No. Like he he's gonna get even better as we you know. Was kind forth, of, it but... was the start, it was the birth of Prime Non, it was the yeah. next like, few years leading but past that. I 100% agree that he's the best player who's played in either of the World Cups that we've looked at. He was obviously my second pick, Yeah. Um, well my third pick I suppose after Carter and Superboot. But we've now got the three players on the table are the front three players that I had okay. uh, listed. Mm. So you've taken my th- first and third choice. I was... I'm quite happy with that, Actually, I'm quite happy with how this is going. So you should be. I was actually very torn between Carter and Nono of who's going to be my first one. Mm, I suppose that's torn between Nono and Cory dua, dua Yeah, as I say, it was um, yeah, it was a shootout between those two. And then either one of them will have been a punchline. I think now we look at this and we start to question whether your team's better. 2v1, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So who are you filling in as your second player? It's difficult, you know. It's re- it's, it's difficult because I think I'm once again going to go for a back. Okay. Heavy on the backs at the minute. Yes, we are. But I've got, I'm going to go somewhere where, somewhere else where it's quite well stocked, which is in the centres. I think okay. there's a lot of really high-performing centres across these two tournaments. I've got a few players' names written in front of me, ironically, and I'm kind of picking on the spot which one I fancy going for. I did have them written in order, but I'm kind of going back on myself as I go. Okay, so. My second selection at outside centre from the 2011 Rugby World Cup is Brian O'Driscoll. Okay. Okay. Um, who's he? So, the difficult thing about him is that he's never actually got past a final of a Rugby World Cup. Because uh, he, he plays for Ireland. Oh, um, so that's him, why I haven't heard of him. Or allergic right, to okay. quarterfinals. Yeah, so. yeah. I only watched the Samuels onwards. Yeah, I didn't exactly. know Ireland had a rugby team. But... Brian O'Driscoll uh, is somebody who had an excellent tournament in 2011. Captained Ireland, of course, went on the 2009 Lions Tour, which we covered, of course. Not that that really factors into this at all, mm. but, you know, it's, it's I, nice to think I always about think it. it's a really interesting thing. Like, Brian O'Driscoll is a really interesting case study in Ireland's relationship with the Rugby World Cup, right? Mm, okay. Which is, you look at Ireland this year, that tour in New Zealand was viewed as maybe their greatest ever achievement in Rugby Union, right? Mm. Ireland... Are probably the one tier one nation who don't seem to revere the World Cup as the be all and end all. Now
0: mm, you look at I every see. other
2: country, maybe other than Scotland, but I think a lot of that is like Scotland and Italy yeah. both are kind of working towards this being the place. Sure, yeah, right. Whereas Ireland have had consistent success, and most Irish fans aren't that bothered by the fact they have no. had. You know, obviously it stings getting knocked out in the quarterfinals, but yeah. like... it's an easy comeback. When did you last beat the All Blacks? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was 1956. That's fine. Uh, it was recent, more recent the quarterfinal, last semi the final they played in. But I think there's something interesting in looking at Brian O'Driscoll's career, right? And he retired in between World Cup cycles, mm. which just goes to show that like it was not a big factor for him. He could have stayed on an extra game no, in the true. World Cup, or at least tried to push himself for that. And he didn't retire for injury. He retired on his own terms, but he didn't choose to do it as a World Cup. And so O'Driscoll is like a fascinating figure in Rugby World Cup history because he's mm. one of the all-time greats of rugby, but he isn't one of the all-time greatest Rugby World Cup players. No, that's true. And I true. think there's a difference there. There certainly is. And obviously, that the kind of perspective on that will vary for everybody who listens to this podcast, Yeah, 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 yeah. Brian O'Driscoll also was generally excellent in the 2011 World Cup. Oh yeah, like this, this, to, this isn't like to diminish him. No, 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 like... no, no, no. I think generally, my rationale for picking him boils mm. down to the fact that he is... Arguably the greatest rugby player of all time. <laughs> yeah. Which is what you can seem to have lent on. In yeah, terms yeah, of it's a trend. It's a trend. Yeah, yeah. But there's a I think it's an interesting point to just kind of touch on just to kind of yeah. break things up a bit. But there would be if we were doing this as all of rugby since 1987. Yeah. Right. It would be very different as a team and as a trend and everything else to if we did this. Just based on World Cups, yeah, which is agreed. what are doing. Agreed. And I think if you did a team of the greatest rugby players since 1987, Brian O'Driscoll is absolutely in there. Yeah. Like, there is no doubt over him bit wearing yeah. 13 shirt. Sorry, Conrad Smith. Yeah. Uh, Lakan may have a claim in a few years' time, but he's not sure. near. The... No, I 100% agree. Like, that is possible. Yeah. You yeah. Know. Obviously, Smith's achieved more. Yeah. And there is a smidgen in it. There's a percent, a percent in it, you know? But, right, if you're picking the greatest 13s. Of rugby world cups, yeah, which is incredibly different. Yeah, suddenly, like, even Mike Tindall is higher up the list than Brian Driscoll. Technically, yeah, he's one more. You know, you've got all kinds of players who would not be in contention for an all-time team. Matt Tate got to a final. Matt Matt Tate played. In, Matt Tate played in a final. G- good on it. You him. know what? Tyler Morgan's got as far in a thirteen jersey in a rugby world cup as Brian Driscoll. They've both only got to quarterfinals. It's very good. I should have picked Tyler Morgan. We've not done 2015 yet. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Wait a second. Did O'Driscoll play in the 2003 quarterfinal? Yes. Oh, I don't know about quarterfinal. We've not got there yet. Okay. Because he has played in, at most, one quarterfinal more than Tyler Morgan. Yeah, I guess so. Like, so at Mo, like yeah, yeah. it isn't even like he's played on like two-sides to this, is Because they went out in the pools in 2007, yeah. and they went out in the quarter-final playoff in 1999, yeah. because they had to go into something called the quarter-final, even if it wasn't a quarter-final. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? Hmm. But I guess we'll see how he plays in 2007, because that World Cup hasn't happened yet. Mm. So when that happens in the coming year, sure, uh, we'll see how Brian School goes in that. But I'm fairly confident he's going to do pretty well. Decent player, that lad. Yeah, yeah. So my third pick, this is one that I'm not, so I'm not that worried about you taking him. and I don't think you'll be screwed over. Okay. But if I'm you... interested by this now because we've got four world-class players off the table. Yeah. If you did take him, I would be screwed because I don't really have a second choice in his position. Oh, okay. Okay. And so I I really, really want to nail it down now. Mm-hmm and I want to get this off the board, and because when I start to go over and think about future World Cups that we'll cover, and when we'll get through those, I don't think there's someone else that comes up that will be a better choice for me than them. And I don't, as I said, I don't currently have a second choice at all. I'm going to write down a pl- the player I think you're thinking of. Okay. Cameron's welcome. I almost wait. I am confident, I will bet you P-Money, that it is not who you're writing down. Oh, okay, okay. For the record, if it's not, I'm not going to show you who it is, because I don't think it's fair that I... um. Okay, uh, you can show I've me who it is afterwards, at okay. the end, okay. or whatever, or work this out. Okay, so, my pick, my third pick, is not a player, I'm oh. going to my backroom staff, Oh, and I'm going to name my head coach as Warren Gatland. Oh, that's very clever, that is very clever. I did not see that coming at all, obviously I had a player written down, <laughs> yeah. so, Wow. Very, very smart decision. So taking one of my wild cards mm-hmm. off the table. I've used two of my backs, one of my wild cards. I think Warren Gatland is... Should be in the conversation for the greatest coach of all time. I think the things he achieved with Ireland in 1999 were truly remarkable. <laughs> no, I just... I've, I've talked about this at great length and over and over again. But I think what Warren Gatland did with Wales, is he turned Wales from a shambles, which they really should have been, into a competitive team who made World Cup semi-finals, who... Achieve things that no well side ever done before, who won Grand Slams and Six Nations titles, and he created that squad. Like, you wouldn't. People look back on that and go, like, oh, Wales had their best squad they had since the 90s. Was, they shouldn't have been, though, should since they? Since the 70s, sorry. Yeah, but they wouldn't have been. They wouldn't have been without Gatland. And you look at players like Jonathan Davis, and a lot of them, like, Sam Warburton probably would have come through the same mm. because he's that kind of personality. But a lot of the players, like, Jamie Roberts would have been an average fullback because Gatlin wouldn't have gone. Actually, I think he could be great 12 if he really works and converts there. He wouldn't have broken Jonathan Davis out of the kind of laziness yeah. cycle he was in. He won't um, have regained Lee Halfpenny's form. No. No. I think there's so many players throughout the last 15 years of Welsh rugby whose careers are owed to Gatlin. Yes. Not just shaped by agree. him, but owed to him. I'd agree. Um, Like, he rejuvenated Shane Williams' career and turned him into an all-round player and put more emphasis on him as a ball player, as a kind of, like, alternate playmaker as well, which really rejuvenated him and changed how he played. And he played his best rugby of his career under Warren Gatland. Yep. The fact that everyone thinks of Gatland as a kind of, like, boring crash ball coach, a lot of, like, a lot of the standout flair players play their best rugby under him. Yeah. Because he allows them the space by doing the boring stuff for a yeah, like yeah. He's always been a player who likes Next Factor player. A coach yeah. who likes Next Factor player. 100%. I think even more recently, you look at players like Aaron Wainwright. I don't think it would have been a very good player without Warren Gatland. No, yeah. I think he looked at a good Dragons player and went, let's make him not world class, but a very good international player, which by the 2019 World Cup, he absolutely was. Yeah. It's a dirty name now, but Corey Hill, mm. who. if you look at him yeah 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 but was also was a was a prick who was a decidedly average club player right but Gatlin didn't look at him and go like oh that's a guy who's talented as most coaches would he went that's a guy who works hard and I can turn a player who's willing to work hard and commit himself Mm. into a properly international class player and he did that and Corey Hill became a fantastic international second row yeah purely off the basis of Gatlin like identifying characteristics rather than like Physical ability, and that's it. it can go on, like Elliot D. Bloody yeah. uh, Adam Beard, who's obviously gone on to greater things since the Gatland era. Like, there's so many players that he's done that too. And again, looking specifically at 2011, mm. of course, like I think like Mike Phillips had an up and down international career, but I think it would have been a lot more downs than ups if not for Gatland. Yeah. I also think there's very few coaches in the history of international rugby who have rebuilt teams. Mm. In terms of people that are done at test level, you're basically looking at Graham Henry, Warren Gatland, Eddie Jones of England now. Yeah. And there may be a handful more, but it's very, very rare that a coach will see a team through to kind of the end of its cycle and it will achieve everything it can and then they successfully rebuild. Mm. Normally, you need to get a new coach in and they kind of rejuvenate things and keep going. Gatland built three teams of Wales, if yeah. not four. Yeah. And what we saw in 2011 at that World Cup in particular if we kind of hone in on it, was him starting to rebuild and him yeah. using that rebuild to gain confidence and really put it in you know the hands of young players and like him giving Sam Warburton the captaincy. And he kept him for the first time like three months before the tournament. Yeah. Um, he was only the first, first big captaincy gig Yeah, Sam Warburton as a senior player. He was basically like he ousted Martin Williams about a year earlier. Yeah. And he then made him captain, just committed to him and slowly built that team around him mm. and around Jamie Roberts and around George North and around eventually Reece yeah. Priestland who he backed yeah. after he had one good game against England. And he kinda like was able to create a team on their confidence. Yeah. And on their will and want to play. And I think he's as well as being a great tactician and a Fantastic motivator. Mm. He's really good at connecting with players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the whole player management aspect of it is arguably like what he's been best at. Yeah. yeah. Again, like to skip forward, like his relationship with Alan Jones was something mm. I always loved. Again, looking at twenty eleven, like his relationship with Stephen Jones, yeah. I think was great, and the way that he said like. Whether or not you're in the starting te- 15 or the starting 23, your role is exactly the same. You know, mm-hmm. you're the senior leader of this group, of this back line. And he will have used Stephen Jones to get the best out of Reese Priestland. Yeah. Uh, and even James Hook. Granted, any world class coach might have be been able to do that w- with a player as intelligent and brilliant as Stephen Jones, mm-hmm. right? But again, like, it doesn't take any credit away from Gatland. Yeah. I also think this is something we talked about a lot on this series of the podcast, the 87 series, on the value and the fun in watching defence, mm. right? Yes. And I think a lot of that is Warren Gatlin and Sean Edwards' teams and their influence. Mm. Is those teams becoming successful based on a really aggressive rush defence. Yeah. And then targeting the breakdown later on. And that big in this era, you know, across many teams. But Wales being one of them was Sam Warburton in 2011. And I think a huge, huge part of that is Gatlin's focus and Gatlin's ideals. And, yeah, he's big in just reshaping what it is to enjoy watching rugby Mm. as well. I think I was nailed on taking Warren Gatton as my head coach. I wanted nobody else. He was, like, one of those first three picks that I wanted. And I've got all three of them somehow. I am over the moon with the start of this. Respect to you. I think that, as you said, that's something that didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, As you say, you haven't screwed me over with that Mm. selection, but... I can totally see what you mean about you would have, yeah, been screwed. I if wanted I him, take him off the board as soon as possible. That's really interesting that you've got your top three and two of my top three. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ah, oh, it's it's a it's a difficult one to um, to follow up, Warren Gatland. But I I my gut instinct is telling me to actually go down a fairly similar route Okay. Uh, somebody that. Could, I think, be classified as a wild card. But I think it bears discussion once I kind of reveal who it is. And again, we're talking about world-class players here. And my rationale for picking this player is very much the same as my rationale for Carter and Brian O'Driscoll. Mm -hmm. So my third player that I would like to pick is Timothy the Dog. Okay. And where are you picking him? So that is the interesting question, okay? Because obviously he's a genius tactician. He's a rugby Mm. mastermind. Technically, he could go in as a wild card, but I also think he could go in as a fullback. because he was a 13. He was a 13. He was a 13 who could also play fullback. He played both in that game, didn't he? Okay. Because he did slot in at 13. That was his primary position. This was a question I was going to bring up to you when we were discussing it was beforehand. Do we count we as a player or a mascot? Yeah. I think Timothy, in particular, does work as a player. Fabio is just a mascot. Timothy... I think he kind of played 12 or 10 as well. Fabio didn't. Fabio. Fabio didn't. Took a kick off me. He wanted to take a kick off. He didn't get to. Exactly. He That's... just had a lot... Like, just just because you stand near Oscar Collado doesn't make you a 10-12 combination. <laughs> Look, he obviously didn't have quite as good a game as Timothy, which is why I picked Timothy over Fabio, which yeah, I know is yeah. controversial. Fabio, no, I... great player. Yeah. Had a great impact on the tournament. And... He's okay. somebody who will come into contention, I'm sure, for the two of us later mm. on in this draft, or future drafts as we go along, okay? Because he's undoubtedly a world-class rugby player and rugby yes. mind, uh, and just has had such a tremendous impact on the game since. But yes, Timothy, I think, had... It's that Brian good thing. He had the greater impact in a World Cup match in that yes. New Zealand-Argentina game. So, uh, he was the All Blacks' best player. I feel like he was a 13. I had I think primarily 13. he was a 13. But then, of course... Did he play fullback in this World Cup, though? He he, he did. He, he slotted to fullback and he hung out with um, Kieran Crowley, of course. Was he more fullback. on the wing then? If he was kind of penduluming, I, I would say he was further in field. But the thing, the, the question then becomes, I suppose, because Brian O'Driscoll hasn't played inside centre. Would I be able to play one of those two at inside centre to balance he that centre the... partnership out? They didn't do the thing that Ireland used to do sometimes in this era. They did it certainly in 2010 a few times, mm. where they'll play O'Driscoll at 12 and move O'Learys into the centre. Yeah. Did they and do, do that? They keep in a them wearing game? the 13 jersey. Yeah. I think it would be, you know, it would be dishonest of me to say that they definitively did, right? Because I don't know. So are you For wanting thing. to put Timothy the dog at fullback? Uh, i wanted to put him wherever he can go in. Okay. But if that's only, th- you know, if that's only in the centres, <laughs> then or on the I will play on the, the, the centres. Okay, if it's on the bench then then so be it, but you're taking Timothy the dog at fullback. If if you permit and I okay. think we can be honest to get to each other about this, we're not going to screw each other over. Okay, I will I will allow it. I will okay. allow it. I would have said he played for 13 but He's not playing fullback. he's playing in a secondary position. If when people do their vote, if people look at that and go that team's a bit weaker because he's not really a fullback, then that's fair enough. Okay then okay. they, they can keep that into account, okay? Like, Brian O'Driscoll's played 10 in a rugby world cup, okay? Not one we've covered, but if I picked him at 10, they might look at that and go, oh, no, that's a bit dodgy, you know? Mm. If they want to do the same with Timothy, then I hold my hands up. That's okay. fine, okay? I just I just want to get the most world-class players on the pitch, okay? Sure. So, just, you... to, just to kind of um, summarise, so far you have Marnonu, superfoo and Warren Gatland I have Dan Carter Brian O'Driscoll and Timothy the dog Timothy. have Timothy's pretty damn good pickings thus far yeah it's pretty pretty balanced so far I think. yeah pretty balanced so far um this is where it starts to get tricky because I'm mm. less nailed on on my order now and where I'm gonna go but I think I will use my third back selection mm-hmm. and pick John Kerwin on the right wing oh okay Okay, that's a smart decision. With you saying that as well, actually. If, for instance, and we kind of alluded to this earlier, I wanted him as a coach after his wonderful work with the Japanese team of twenty eleven, yep. or with the Italian team of two thousand seven. Next time, of course, then he's off the table. Completely. He's off the table. got He's got he's, he's, he's yours. He's, he's yours. <laughs> because who would want him as a coach rather than a yeah, exactly? He's admitted since himself he was not a good coach. No, bloody good winger though. Excellent winger, exceptional winger, just like the sharpest in the tournament by some distance. Yeah. I mean, we'll get on to players of the tournament for 87 and so on next week, but has to be right up there, I think. I think that's a fairly uncontroversial, unspoilery sentence for you to say that he's certainly in contention for the players of the tournament for 87. Do you want to make your next pick? Yeah, I've not really especially decided, to be honest. I mean... Neither of us picked a forward so far. No, we haven't. And that's very much being taken into account. Okay. Okay, I've got somebody. Okay. So, once again, very similar to your rationale with Warren Gatland. This is somebody who I don't think is high up your pecking order. But I really, really want myself. Mm -hmm. So, I've got a feeling it might be who I was going to pick next. It's somebody who I considered tactically saving back Mm -hmm. for potentially even not this episode. But now I'm here, I feel like seize the moment. Sure. Pick this guy. And look, this guy is, I'm going to say it, one of my favourite players ever, mm-hmm. has been fantastic in Rugby World Cups in past, played in the 2011 tournament and had a good good tournament. A Tighthead prop. Okay. I am going to select oh. the man, the myth, Taufau Felice. Oh, okay. 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 Okay i had him on my long list but he was not my first pick for tighthead i absolutely needed him in my team yes uh, as soon as i started thinking about front row forwards he was the first name i had down just because as i say he's one of my favorite players ever i'm aware this doesn't come into account yes for the cardiff blues yep he was not only a brilliant player but also a cult hero mm-hmm. and that was how i originally grew fond of him I then remember watching the first ever Rugby World Cup game uh, that we watched, New Zealand Tonga, the 2011 tournament, which obviously we covered at the very start of the podcast. And it was great looking at that and going, oh, one of our favourite players is yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's playing for Tonga. He rarely got the opportunity to play for Tonga. Rugby World Cups were kind of the time where he got the release to, to go and do that as much as he wanted. And had, he had a good tournament He had a good tournament. He had a good tournament. Uh, and we agreed on that. And there was those points where, like, he would do heroic things. And once again, like, He's he's a fan favourite, yep. right? Anybody who knows Tafal Felice absolutely adores him. He is still considered a legend in Cardiff. And no doubt within fans of the Akali Tahi. I couldn't not have Fal Felice in my team. I completely get it. I completely get it. Yeah. Absolute fan favourite, beloved, beloved man. And, and he's beautiful as well. Yeah. The content his wife posts on Twitter is wonderful. A lot of like his son making fun of him for being an old man. Yeah. And him kind of like chuckling along. <laughs> it's lovely. It's wonderful stuff. I'm going to follow a fairly similar logic for my next pick. Oh, okay. And at hooker, I'm going to take someone who also had a fantastic tournament in 2011. And a player that is a cult hero again, rather than necessarily one of the all-time icons. I suppose he is in his country, but generally is kind of a cult hero in rugby. And I'm going to take Marius Tinku as my hooker. Oh, that's an excellent selection. I saw his name as I was kind of revising for this. Yes. And thought, he'd be a good selection. You could do mm. a lot worse than him. Good bit of tier two representation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good that you've got a Romanian and you're starting 15 yes. as well. I think that, no doubt he's the most in-demand Romanian for this kind of format. I think so. I think so. I think there's there's two other Romanian players over the kind of run of the tournament who are in contact. Maybe three, maybe three, who are kind of in contention, all of which available, I think, actually, at the minute. Played in either 2011 or 87, mm-hmm. which were kind of the two peaks of Romanian rugby. You kind of had that real rise in the 80s when they were fantastic and they were beating France and they were beating Italy. And they Certainly. beat Scotland, beat Wales uh, infamously as well. And then you had kind of a slight revival in the 2010s when they produced that kind of golden generation around 2008. They all came through at once mm-hmm. and they almost beat Scotland and they started running these teams close. And then they kind of faded away with everything that happened in 2019 and that team getting older and there's kind of been all kinds of stuff going has gone off their age-grade systems and they haven't produced the same kind of results since. But at the the peak of that age, their captain, that peak of that kind of second close to golden age, that bright yellow age as it was, you know, based on their jersey, their captain was Marius Tinku and he was one of the best hookers in the world. He was a talisman. Like He's yeah. the definition of a talismanic captain, yeah. Tinku genuinely, as you say, a world-class player, which is something that's so rare to say of a team of the Romanian 2011 standard. Mm. They had a lot of very good players, but he was the only genuinely top-end, probably top three hookers in the world at that point in 2011. Certainly top five. Yeah. Que- almost without a question from top five. Yeah. yeah. And when I was going through, again, looking, as you say, doing revision for this, I found an article on Rugby Jump where they went through and compiled the team of the tournament from various different publications okay. and they put them out together. And Marius Tinker was in two out of the five teams, which for the Romanian hooker is not bad yeah. going. Like, said Romania lost every single game in that tournament. Yeah. Like, that just goes to show how good he was. Bloody brilliant. Yeah. And... I, as as far like, as I can recall, didn't we both give him man of the match for the Scotland game yes. in 2011? Yeah. I think we both had him in. It's a long I think time we might have both had him in our team at the tournament for that. Yeah, that well. rings a bell. He was certainly up there. And considering he started one game on the bench behind Bogdan Suman, <laughs> um, who is not going to be in contention, I'd imagine. Not for you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm, I'm quite happy with that. I'm delighted to get my tier two player, my second tier two player in, I suppose. And take Marius Tinku off the board. With that in mind as well, when I was teasing Fal Felice, you said you had a feeling you knew which player I was going to go for. Were well, you thinking I was going, I going to pick you're Tinku? I you going to pick Tinku. I see. That's interesting because he did cross my mind, but yeah. I didn't write him down. Okay. So fair play. You've come up with a really good selection. I there. just I don't feel like there's necessarily going to be a player I want in my... like. I would be happy with Tinku in my team regardless. Like, yes. Even after we've been through every World Cup and we've followed everyone, I don't think there's a hooker who I'd necessarily go... Or do I want them more than Marius Tinku? Like, I might pick them before him, but mm. do I want to replace Marius Tinku with him and drop him to the bench? I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. So, with that in mind, I'm definitely going to go for another forward. Um, okay. I've got two names in front of me that I'm considering. Both of them are... somewhat left. One of them's very left field, one of them slightly less so. And I'm thinking I'm going to go for at Hooker, somebody who played in the 1987 tournament. I'm, I'm aware that Timothy, the dog, is thus far the only 1987 player that I have picked in my team. Okay, I'm um, nervous. I'm going to go for somebody who pl- played very well for, I suppose, what his uh, demands were at that point uh, and generally looked like a good rugby player in a team of otherwise ends, So my Hooker for my draft team is Brian Moore. Oh, okay. I have Brian Moore on my long list, but I I get that. That's a good pick. He also played in two further World Cups after this as well, as far as I'm aware. So he's well-renowned as an England legend. A fantastic wordsmith as well. So, you know, he would have some very intellectual conversations with maybe Timothy the Dog and less likely Dan Carter. (laughs) But yeah, I I think I've got a very... A glamorous front row thus far between Moore and Felice. Mm. Um, he's just somebody that generally I think I'm very happy to have on my team. I think as far as English players from these two England teams I've looked at go, he's probably somebody that has stood out to me by far. I completely get that. I, I agree with what you said. He was as I've said this before on previous episodes, but Brian Moore looked like the mold what hookers are going to be in 10 years time Yeah, in 87 and that very much was what hookers were through to the mid noughties Like, Mm. there's probably 20 years of people catching up with Brian Moore's legacy and then just emulating it and just emulating what he did. Yeah. Playing for England and Nottingham at the time. So good to get some local rep in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. The first Nottingham representation I've got, all you of us have in our team. So, yeah, Brian Moore at Hooker. I'm very pleased with that decision after I've said it. Now it's out in the open. I feel like that was a good selection. I'm also aware that Maybe I could have saved it back because given you just picked your hooker. But I also figured that, you know, you might have wanted to throw him in on your bench because I know you think highly of Brian Moore. Mm. So mm. I'm happy with my decision. Yeah, I-, I had him on my long list and he was in contention for me if Tinker had gone. But I- I'm quite happy of who I got. Yes. This raises some interesting questions now, because we're into the second half of the draft. Yeah, we are. And I'm now at a point of, who do I pick where? Who do I go with? So I have remaining one wild card, one back, and three forwards. Yes. You have remaining... Two forwards, one back, and both wild cards. Yes, okay. Given I've chosen Timothy as a back to specialise, as opposed to being a wild card. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I believe we're over to you now? Yes. And you have your thinking face on. It's it's my permanent face. It's mostly confused, but thinking second place. Normally follows the confusion and precedes it. I'm going to take my other back i Ooh, think okay oh okay and at fly half i'm gonna take johnny wilkinson from oh,
0: 2011
2: you know what i didn't even have my long list really and yet you're spot on <laughs> i don't know why i didn't think of johnny wilkinson <laughs> he came to me quite late mm. and the moment he because i had 2011's kind of the obscure world cup of wilkinson as yeah. isn't it It's the weird period. But a world class player, like, you know, uh, I'd say a lot of things. And look, I'm going to let you explain about Johnny Wilkinson in a second, given he's your player. But I imagine it ultimately boils down to the fact he's arguably the greatest rugby player (laughs) ever. Yeah. And I mean, it's something that I initially had a far more obscure player in the tension for me. (laughs) Okay.
0: I think it might be the same one I've written. You can
2: narrow it down to one of two, I think. And then it occurred to me, wait a second. And I was also quite happy of waiting on the ten because I figured like there's lots of contenders, and I'm yeah. quite happy. Then it really occurred to me Wilkinson was an option, and I wanted him. Yeah. I wanted him because you're then locking away three the standout World Cups, player, yep. two finals, yep. one gold medal, yep, and one of the if not the most iconic moment in the history of the sport. Yeah, created off his wrong foot. It's quite hard to find things to say about Johnny Wilkinson that have not been said before. Yes, especially when we've not yet watched 2003. Yes, because that was one of two golden eras of Johnny Wilkinson. The mm. other being his final season at Toulon, which I know well, doesn't factor. In he leaves. Well. So this World Cup is the season where he leaves Newcastle for Toulon. That 2011 World Cup yeah. is the start of the kind of second Wilkins, the Wilkinson, the Wilkins revival. Yes, yeah, the, the kind of second golden age of his career, in which he was golden because he was living on himself france yeah. and he kind of you know like suddenly became very very tanned yeah and it was just an absolutely glorious era of wilkinson yeah. and where he played the best rugby best career, his career and the, the the johnny wilkinson in the last two seasons of his career is one of the best fly halves i've ever had the pleasure of watching yeah because he genuinely responded to the criticism of him just being a kicking 10 which frankly was, was all short-sighted yeah at the best of times he was a 10 who kicking was his best attribute. Yes, so by, he by used far. It. Yes. Right? Yes, you're right. And that was why he used it. He absolutely rinsed that, frankly. Rinse drop goals, which we've discussed many times on this podcast. Mm. More fly halves just need to do that. Yeah. And just be <laughs> quote unquote boring, as somebody who is themselves boring would put it, because drop goals are amazing and mm. fun. More players need to start doing that. Lethal, I think, is the word I'd yes. use. Yes. Defensively incredible. Like, defensively, yeah. the greatest fly half ever to yeah. played the game. Completely changed the no game's perspective yeah. for fly half defensively. Throughout his career, but mainly towards the end of it, yeah. was a genuinely fantastic attacking threat. And if we rule out the game against Argentina, which is one of the five games I'm picking him based on, yes, one of the greatest goal kickers that's ever been. Yeah, if not the greatest goal kickers yeah. ever been. Yeah, I think that's like, not certainly an thing in that conversation. Yes, for certain. That's He's one of the greatest players of Rugby World Cups. Yeah, um, this is it. Nobody picking, can take that away from you. If you're picking a team based on Rugby World Cups, I almost feel like I'd rather pick Wilkinson than Carter. But mm. if you're picking a team overall on Rugby, I'd pick Carter. It's an interesting conversation, isn't it? Yeah. Because that's an equally valid argument as the exact opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know... Wilkinson v. Carter is rugby's Messi v. Ronaldo, isn't it? Sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah. People love to kind Fedor of discuss that because they're two completely different players who are world class for the opposite reasons in the same yeah. position. And, you know, you'd be a fool to objectively say one of them is better than the other. Yeah. Fascinated by the fact that we have both really focusing on the spine of our team. Like, yeah. we've both nailed in hooker, 10, fullback. And we've each got a centre as well. Yeah, and then you've gone for a finishing winger and I've gone for a tired prop. Yeah, so like core of nailing points in. and Certainly, certainly. And you've got your head coach, of course. Yes. Because it is my turn to select somebody. Mm. And I'm, I'm kind of torn of what to go for. But there is a name who stands out to me as, for my mind one of the most underrated Rugby World Cup players to have ever put the country's jersey on at a World Cup. And that's who I'm going to go for. Okay, It's probably not somebody who will come to mind as one of the World Cup greats for a lot of people, but I know that you will certainly agree with me on this. This is a player I think of as extremely highly. I think towards the end of the career, people recognised that this guy was world class, but... Watching them back in 2011, slightly closer to the start of his career, it became evident he was actually always very, very good. So in the second row, I would like to select Luke Thompson. Okay. Okay. That's very, very interesting. I like it. I like it a lot. It's left field, I'm aware, but I stand by my... Statement that he's one of the most underrated Rugby World Cup players in history. I think so. You think of Luke Thompson, naturally you think of twenty fifteen and twenty nineteen. But as I say, we watched twenty eleven and we we're he like, was holy shit, he was yeah. always good. And we've got two thousand and seven yet to come. Yeah. He went to four World Cups, got and he was there when Japan were shit, and he saw them all the way through to when they were you know knocking on the door of the greats. Beat he beat the Springboks, he beat Ireland, he beat Scotland, right? And I know that I've. All of those those games were in World Cups we've not discussed, sure. and not 20, 2007 either. However, I, I just wholeheartedly believe that he was a world-class player who deserves that recognition. I love it. I love it. And there are three or four far more obvious second-row picks, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I might ignore them all as well, <laughs> because bloody... Hips the nerds here mm. but i love it yeah i rate luke thompson incredibly highly i think I... luke thompson is exactly the sort of player that the squid rugby brand loves exactly exactly so i think it's this is so us <laughs> i don't know if i ever talked about this on the podcast but someone dm'd me that knew luke thompson and sent him my video on japan beating the spring mm-hmm. and they sent it back being like haha good video i think they got a bit overboard in praising me <laughs> Oh, uh, if that guy's listening, do not send him this... Po- or do send him this podcast, actually. That'd be that'd be cool. Luke Thompson is one of the most underrated players of the last 20 years. Yes. If yeah. not the... If yeah, not yeah. If not the... I'm going to say it. Yeah. Luke, actually, Luke Thompson is probably next... Ooh. It's interesting. There's another, there's another guy, but I might pick him. So okay. I don't want to say Don't say loud. his name then. Don't say his um, name. But he was... Essentially, the key cog in the Japan 2019 and 2015, uh, the Eddie mm. Jones and Jamie Joseph era Japan, along with Shota Horrier, was yeah. essentially the cog that saw that through. It just feels like an essential part to me. And look, the way my team would want to play, we want the ball-playing second row of Luke Thompson. We want the, the, the unconventional carrying of foul Felice. We want the stamping on the head of Brian Moore. <laughs> Whereas I have gone with the greatest kicking fullback Fiji's ever produced yep. the greatest kicking fly half the world's ever produced and Marnonu who's the greatest kicking crash ball centre the world's ever seen he's arguably the greatest kicking inside centre ever yeah so unless you're picking someone unless like you're barrel, picking like Matt yeah specialised 12 yes so I know how I'm playing yeah <laughs> give it to Cohen yeah yeah I think it, I, I think it'd be funny if one day we played this game on rugby challenge yeah yeah um, I was thinking this I and mean, we should do that yeah and we'd have to play in whatever style we think our team would play, yes. in and go really, really like a caricature of the style of play. The issue is you can't make dogs on rugby challenge. <laughs> we could give it a go. Yeah, I make Kira Knightley one, so We can make a dog. Yeah, I guess so. Kira Knightley famously not human. <laughs> famously a dog. So do I have a pick? It's it's your pick. So Oof. we have each done six. So we have four left. Okay. This is really tricky. This is really tricky now. Because there's someone I feel like I should pick, and I don't know if I want to. Because I feel comfortable in that position, right? Being absent, but I feel like it's necessary to pick them. I've I'm just done it sure three in a row, <laughs> yeah. so I'm not sure whether I go for that. Or... I feel like tactics were much more of a thing in the first three than <laughs> yeah, the last yeah, yeah. three. Okay, 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 okay. I'm gonna use one of my forwards. And take on the blindside flanker, wearing the sixth jersey, at least, Thierry Dusautoir. Oh, pretty good, that guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, compared to Tal Felisa and Luke Thompson, nothing, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a great selection. Of all of the matches that we've looked at mm. thus far in this podcast, I would say that Thierry Dusautoir has had the greatest individual performance I think in the so. game, which was obviously the 2011 final. And... As I say, like it's it's a much more obvious selection. Uh, I think it ultimately does boil down to the fact that he's arguably the greatest rugby player ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of taking your Dan Carter logic. You yeah. know, just 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 nailing that in. We're obviously moving on to 2007 next, which really really helped in. Oh, over that's the a really smart call um, after that. So. I figured I've got a chance. Very, very well justified after 2011. Like, he's done more oh, than yeah, enough to win yeah, a yeah. place in the team. Yeah. As I say, he won World Player of the Year the year this, that World Cup was played. Like, mm. I'm not making a hipster selection, you know, on the basis of getting him off the board. Why didn't I think of him? I, I'm nailing him in. But also, I know two, after 2007, he's going to feel much, much more obvious. Yeah. That's really frustrating, actually, because I feel like... I just genuinely missed him. Yeah. I, again, um, came to me quite... Like, the moment I was looking at the six judges, I was like, wait a second, it's obviously deux Yeah. I was kind of my dream ideal team. Oh, damn. That's really difficult, actually, because... I Yeah, I should have I thought of him. I should have had him right at the top, frankly. Yeah. Like, he's not only one of the greatest flankers to ever play a game, but he's actually one of my favourite players. Like, he's somebody that, as far as the 2011 tournament go, he's part of the reason why I think of that tournament so fondly. Like, Yeah, he's an exceptional world-class player and an asset to your team, I would say. And I am absolutely delighted to have him in there. (laughs) So you should be. That's a missed opportunity for me, I would say. Mm. Oh, what do I So you have four picks left. I have three remaining. Yes. I feel like what I want to do is fill out my remaining two player positions before I go for my non-player wild cards okay but, but your wild card can be taken on players as well they can they you can. can take an extra player if you want of course of course your Which wild card can go on anyone one or anything i forgot about that that was that's one of the rules i need to think uh... but you are before we finish this need to fill out the wild cards as well but yeah. you also have like another seven series at this podcast yeah yeah so eventually the whole thing will get filled yeah like there's there's no worry of that oh who do i go for So, for my remaining forward, I am going to once again look to 1987. Okay. And one of the few players who I looked at and thought, oh, you were absolutely world-class, fair play to you. Especially in the forwards, Mm -hmm. as we discussed on the final episode. We often kind of like overlooked forwards, right? Yeah, yeah. And somebody, again, who I think did a lot of work that will have gone unnoticed, as well as a lot of work that did go very much noticed. And that is... At blind side flanker Alan Wetton for the August. Alan Wetton. Oh, good shout. Somebody who again, like, I don't think we'll get lost in time actually as no. it goes on, because I think we'll leave a lot of nineteen eighty seven players behind, you know, that yeah. will have played a decent tournament. But Wetton was undoubtedly one of the world-class players yeah. in the 1987 tournament. Scored a try in every game other than the final, which is an exceptional feat for a blindside flanker, yeah. especially in that era when they, they weren't known for their speed. They were just kind of known for strength and ability to stomp on people in rucks, essentially. Mm. But he was a great handler of the ball in an era where that wasn't taken for granted. Very good tackler, hit absolutely everything with nails. Yeah, he was just generally one of the best players in that tournament. I think that's somebody who I think will age well as this podcast goes on, Yeah, Alan Wetton. So I'm happy with him as my really fourth forward show. selection. I didn't have him down, but he's someone that suddenly seems obvious the moment you say him. Yeah, I'd be very happy with that if it was me. I've seen your ducatoir and I've raised Wetton as kind of the equivalent. Yeah, And again, this is a different era, but I feel like when we're talking about World Cups like this, we kind of talk equivalent to the era exactly, a little bit exactly. more. If we're going relative to the competition they're playing in, Wetton is Definitely. every bit Dussertois' equal. Yeah. I mean, you say that. Wetton played better tournament wide mm. than Dussertois did. Dussertois just had one of the best games anyone's ever played in rugby in the final, <laughs> which, don't get me wrong, is just as valid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, fair play to you, mate. It was only the World Cup final. Yeah, it's not an important game. I'm tempted to do something maverickish. Okay. Something almost silly, you could okay. say. Okay, okay. You are a bit of a mad lad. It is it is known. Well, so... There's a few things, right, where I feel like I know what I should be going for, and I know who I should be having, but I'm happy with my second choice. Okay, And there's a few things where I go like, well, who gives a shit? You know, they're just one of the greatest players of all time. Do I really need them? And then there's some players you go, you, you are a bastard. And I need you in my team. Okay. Okay. There's some players where you just go, this... I don't think this guy is necessarily one of the greats, but he is one of the players I want in my team It sounds most. on brand for what you've got so far. Exactly. Like Johnny Wilkinson and Mar Yeah. Um, Marius Tinku. I want to go with, yeah, in the, in the same vein as Marius Tinku. In fact, you know what? I am going to go do this. And it shares more than just the spirit of Marius Tinku. It shares a nation as well. In the second row, I am gonna go.
0: You prick!
2: You prick! I am gonna go for Stefan Constantine. <laughs> That's low key genius. I was I was thinking like, wait, why are you picking me, High Macave? <laughs> and then you said second row, and I just my. my Jaw dropped. <laughs> it does. It does make me wonder who you're going to put in the second row alongside him. But I guess time will tell him that. But wow, I think that nobody other than your good self can talk through that selection. <laughs> nobody and who it else just would ever have done this. Not even the most diehard Romanian rugby fan. It's funny would because, gone for like, this- the only people that would have put Stefan Conzi in the team are me and the people he would have threatened if he. <laughs> It's funny because there will there might be people who will eventually listen to this and go like, Oh yeah, I'd quite like to listen to um Squidge Rugby's Rugby World Cup Dream team and then seeing that you put somebody in. Literally and I imagine this is the main reason why you put him in, because he fucking knocked someone out. <laughs> and
0: immediately scored the greatest
2: seventy meter individual try. Against Zimbabwe? Think... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, Stefan Constantine, for those who have forgotten or are <laughs> unaware, is a Romanian second row from the 80s. He was one of the standout players and indeed captain Romania across their kind of golden age in the 80s. So I've got two former Romania captains in my team. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have this rugby hipster reputation for nothing. Yeah, so for, captain of Romania <laughs> in their kind of Grolden era, he played alongside his brother as well. <laughs> Grolden era, um, the, Groll, the Nick Groll era, the Dave um, Groll era, Nick, Nick, yeah, Nick Kroll and Dave Groll and now one person are they playing, um, playing in the centers for you. Yes, <laughs> drop Nani. So Constant, yeah, one of the two Constantine brothers. Uh, he captained Romania, which I've said over and over again. He was basically the biggest prick in the world. He had a great habit of just punching people in malls and then targeting them on the next phase he was a thinking man's enforcer in that he really thought about which player was furthest away from the referee before he punched (laughs) them Um, apart from the one he punched right in front of the referee yeah but he got away with it he got told off the referee went like please don't punch someone in the (laughs) face again and he went yeah right and then he did it again yeah but this time in fairness to him to his credit he did it behind the referee. Yeah, yeah, of course he did. Yeah. Stefan Constantine, in terms of what you want a lock to be in 1987, was absolutely everything. Yeah. In that he was surprisingly rapid when he got the ball. He had a fantastic offload. Mm. Like, he was a really, really good hand of the ball. Didn't throw many passes normally, but when he needed the one-handed offload throwing, he was your man. He was like... And hey, when he did that, you knew what he was doing with the other hand. Exactly, exactly. I was going to say, like, imagine if Leonie Naccaral was using the other hand to gouge someone. <laughs> <laughs> and you're there. The thing is right that is the most obscure selection ever has gone for. Yes. I was there like oh yeah I'm so left field I picked Luke Thompson who like played in the quarter final and was world class in two world cups. You know. Whereas you have gone for somebody who as as you say a mm. lot of people might not have heard of, right? But also now my team don't stand a fucking chance. <laughs> oh, no, cuz they're all unconscious. Yeah. Like Dan Carter's great until he's on the floor. Yeah. This is the thing, though, right? We're going to need to play two games between these teams, one in 2011 rules and one in 1987 rules. Yeah, and true. Constantine's great in one of those two. Yeah. <laughs> hey, in he fact, might have a great no, one minute in the he, other. No, 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 no. He's going to get away with it up to t- 2011, his last World Cup, where he'll be effective at all. Because it's the last one before TMOs can review foul play. That's true. Isn't it stupid that they didn't allow yeah. that in the past? Very strange. Yeah, as soon as we get to 2015, it's over for you. (laughs) This guy's playing with TMOs on him. As soon as as we're there, he's straight off. So I am absolutely delighted to have joined my team, former Romania captain, Stefan Constantine. That's absolutely bizarre. (laughs) Fair play to you. So now... I'm actually going to pull out a wild card selection. At long last, I've gone for it. So I've again gone for somebody who, again, hence the fact that they're not on the field of play, had a bit of an impact in Mm -hmm. the Rugby World Cup. But I think it was kind of the legacy of this player is what is best remembered for them. You know, It's what they did for rugby and what they did for their team. So... Again, they're, they're not going to be immediately on the field, but they're somebody that could be drafted into a squad, you know, hypothetically. Mm. Not that this is the way we're doing this. So, as my sand boy, <laughs> okay. I'm going to have Fabio the dog. <sighs> okay. as Not as your mascot. I mean, is he your mascot or is he another member of your backroom staff? It's difficult to think of who else would be mascot, but... I feel like if he's not going to take the kick-off, he can at least help with the kick-off. Mm. So I'm going to have him in as my sand boy. Okay. Okay. And that also also honours the fact that sand boy was a position in 1987 Rugby World very Cup. Very much was. Very much um, was. It's not actually what Fabio was known for doing, but of course,
0: you know. Wait a second, if...
2: he didn't play in that position. Did you yeah, the world so cup? It's a wild card. He didn't play in the position though. Surely if it's a wild card, that's fine. He came on and helped with the kickoff. He was a mascot, and yeah, he was a ball boy. Was um, he a ball boy? I don't know. What did he help with on. the kickoff? Okay, okay, I'll give it to Fine. Okay. I'm going to have him as, as a sand boy. It's not what he's best known for, but the point is, I want him in my squad. What are you arguing over? Dog is a sand boy. Way too sternly. <laughs> is this dog a sand boy? <laughs>
0: What's a sand boy? We've, we've
2: discussed I know the what a sand boy, boy is. It's the boy who take, brings on the sand. Just take a second to think about what you just said. Is this dog a <laughs> sand boy is a great question. But, as I say, it's not what he's best known for, right? But I think it's essential that, for, as, as a motivator, if nothing mm. else, I have him on there. Mm. You know, you think of the way that uh, Rossi Erasmus had Jacques Nienaber on as a physio, yeah. so we could motivate the squad from the sideline and help them call the line speed and so on. Okay, I think it's essential that somewhere in my squad I have Fabio the dog, and his speciality is helping out with kickoffs. So therefore, he's going to bring on the sand. Okay, see, because I one of my ideas to screw you over right from the start was to take Fabio and Timothy immediately. Okay, uh, my other thought was taking Wilkinson and Carter. <laughs> 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 and now you've done neither of those you I've have done one done of those four of those. players yep but I as this went on I started to think there's a chance you may take Fabio and my feet. yeah but I feel okay with that I feel okay. like I've got other options for mascots and for backroom stuff will fill okay. out and I would love to have a dog that runs onto the pitch mm-hmm. but right I feel in a rugby match or a fight to the death my team is doing okay <laughs> But in a popularity contest. It's scripts. Yeah, <laughs> don't get me wrong. <laughs> you've got, you've got a Constantine brother, and I've got two cute dogs. My, I, I tried to cancel out of Cora Dua Doer. That's the only person I've gone for for purely public relations reasons. Mm, Okay. And he's a Fijian fullback from 35 years ago. Yeah, I mean, Wilkinson and Tinku might get you a few points on that. Marius Tinku's not getting me points. What world do you you live in? BRB, checking how many (laughs) Romanian listeners we have. (laughs) Keeping up with the Tinkus, the number one most watched (laughs) programme. Have you not watched that? No. Oh, you should. It's really good. There's uh, Marius Tinku. He, he smokes a lot now. Oh, really? Do you know how I know that? How? <laughs> About 10 years ago, on a whim, I added him on Facebook. <laughs> Genuinely. He is on my Facebook friends list. So often, like, I'll have something come up. On my timeline. And I go like, wait a second, that's a picture of Marius Tinku smoking. <laughs> and I go, why has that come up on my feed? Like, who who on my friends list is sharing photos of Marius Tinku smoking, you know, in his mid-40s, early 50s? And I go, oh shit, yeah, I added him on Facebook like 10 years ago. This happens like once every like two years. Sure. That this will come up. I mean, um, I look at Facebook once every two years. Yeah, and I would say all power to you, but you're missing out on photos of Marius Tinku smoking. Mm. So... Yeah, I, like I, I have Marius Tinker on Facebook. Well, I have him in my team. So yeah, I that's true. That's true. I don't think I have anyone in my team on Facebook. So, <laughs> so I, I I think I've been rejected by Falfilise so many times. Oh, That's sad. So we come into the final two picks, mm. and I have one wild card and one forward remaining. You have one wild card and one back remaining. Correct. The wild card can be spent on anyone or anything. <laughs> yeah. But I now need to pick what I'm going to do. And this is really hard, though, is the thing. This is really hard. (laughs) Because there's one position in particular, right, where I keep going, like, oh, I'll pick one of those. Mm. But I've got so many choices for it that I'd be happy with that I've been leaving that back. I've had the exact same thing where where... I've got, like, a couple of, like, world-class players written down that I think, like, oh, yeah, I thought I was going to pick them right at the start. But actually, I don't feel so bad about it now. It must be the pressure's off now. As I say, it's much less tactical now. Mm. I feel like we're actually, we're being very true to ourselves at this stage. I think so. I think so. I am going to use one of my forwards. Okay. Picks to take Richie McCaw. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. Like, you've got Richie McCaw and Thierry Ducatois as your flankers now. And it's going to be difficult for me to beat, right? Like, McCaw's obviously a great selection, you know, he's a great captain and everything. But ultimately, he's arguably the greatest rugby player to ever play the game. But the- <laughs> here's the thing, right? I had to make my back row really, really strong to cancel out the fact that I picked two former Romania captains and <laughs> the rest of my pack. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Like, you've picked... You know, if that was a picked as an all-time 15... And somebody picked those two as the flankers, Duce toile McCall. Yeah. You wouldn't tell them to shut up. No, 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 no. You get it. You get it completely. Yeah. Richie okay. McCall. Richie McCall. Richie McCall. I don't What are you supposed to say about Richie McCall? It's true. You, you know, st- and like, and I've talked a lot on this podcast about how I used to be a Pocock over McCall person. Yeah. Right? And then I watched the tournament back and was like, oh, no, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Richie McCall is one of the best rugby players that's ever lived. Nothing. You're, you're right. Like, even more so than Johnny Wilkinson. Mm. There's nothing you can really say that's original about Richie McCall. No. Everything's been said. Other than... A lot great, of it by us. Yeah, great member of the Wiggles. Great member of the Wiggles. That's the position I really wanted to kick him in, but he didn't play in this World Cup. It wasn't until yeah, 2019 yeah. he was playing in the Wiggles. So. If you want to hear the two of us wanking over Richie McCaw, then listen to the last few episodes of the 2011 series. Yeah, particularly the knockouts. Yeah. I go really into my McCaw You wank. do, you do. And I do a little bit, but not quite as much mm. as you. But you were very much correct to do that. Yeah, McCaw was obviously outstanding in the knockouts. So, with that in mind... I have two selections remaining. You do? All of my forward slots are taken unless I choose to use a wild card on one of them. Okay. Which, right now, I do not intend to do. So, I have a back and a wild card remaining. Oh, I've just had an idea. Oh. Am I too late? Okay. I'm going to choose my back. And what I can tell you is it's definitely going to be a winger. Okay. But... I have three wingers written down who I am really, really torn between, all of whom played in 2011. Okay. My heart's telling me one thing and my head's telling me another. Okay. Right. Because there's a lot of wingers who were absolutely world-class in 2011. And all of whom... all, All three of these players are players I absolutely adore. I love... Loved watching when we watched back 2011. Mm -hmm. And I generally would, if if at any point I stuck on a highlights package of any of these three players, I would have a great time watching it. And I'd think like, what a player. I love this guy. Right? However, I'm not going to go with my head. Instead, I'm going to go with my heart. Okay? Okay. So joining Timothy the Dog in the back three, on the right wing, I'm going to go with... A man who primarily in 2011 played fullback, but he did play on the wing. I've known exactly who this is going to be the whole way. I'm going to pick Mr. Blaine Scully. Oh, not who I was going to... Okay. Okay. I love it. I love it. Look, not only is Blaine Scully a fantastic rugby player and again, a fan favourite to everywhere he went.
0: Mm.
2: One of the... I'll go out and say it, like. One of the truly great Rugby World Cup USA players, mm. I think it's, it's probably fair to say. Yeah. Um, he went to three World Cups, got progressively better in each one, which means that we've actually covered the one that he did the least in, ironically. <laughs> but but still established himself well enough that Les Tigers immediately offered him a That's it, and straight away saw something in yeah. him. And the fact that he was competing with Chris Wiles, who was, along with Todd seems the best player in the mm. team, and he was immediately giving him competition, says a lot. A great leader. I'm so excited to see more of him playing because I do miss it watching him play because yeah. he was a proper favourite player of mine. I genuinely promise that this is not influenced by the fact that he has been on this podcast. <laughs> and I'm being genuine about that. Yeah. Okay, I'm not. That's not a tongue-in-cheek thing. As much as that is great, and I'm extremely honoured by the fact that we have spoken to one of my favourite players, uh, that has not influenced that. Maybe it's influenced by the fact he's a very popular and extremely handsome man mm-hmm. who... I think suits the, the kind of demographic of players I've gone for in this sure. team. Because okay. he's exciting, but he's hard working and anybody would play for him, you know. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I think he balances absolutely. out the back line I'm currently going with. I could see him playing well outside Brian Driscoll and Dan Carter. I could see him linking yeah. up well with Timothy yeah, yeah, yeah. the Dog. Yeah. You know? He's he's a player who I have the utmost respect for. Absolutely. He's just a wonderful player and an even better guy. Yeah. I love him. I love Blaine Scully yeah as a player. I love him. In the conversations and chats we've had with him. Yeah. I interviewed him a few times as well as this podcast. Fantastic. He's always great. He's always lovely great value. He's amazing. He's so lovely. Inspiring man. And I hope well, he's well. I really hope he's well. I haven't spoken in a while. Yeah. He occasionally um, likes the tweets about this podcast. Yeah. Which so is great. it's great. It's cool that he's still distantly supporting us in some way. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, now I've said it, it feels like a no brainer. I had yeah. three wingers that I was thinking Fair about. Enough but now I've said Blaine Scully's name I'm happy about it and I feel great for team morale because good Mario Kart player as far as we can tell of course of course Shane Williams Amaracino were there you ever t- were you, were they year of a two? maybe okay cool just, just as okay I'll say one of those two was and I'm not going to tell you which one okay it wasn't Shane might have been <laughs> the thing is right pre-punditry Shane would have been the first pick I've ever played in this <laughs> You're so right. You're so right. And then he became the world's most boring pundit. And now n- both of us have the left wing open. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that, because growing up, he was always both of our favourite player. Yeah. Right. Are you about to tell me you're picking Shane Williams on the left wing? No. No. We've each got a wild card remaining as our final pick. Yes, we do. do- we're allowed to spend it on a player or a member of the backroom staff, which need to be filled out at some point. Yeah, to be filled out at some point. Yeah, it's looking very dry down there. Mm. Yeah, and I think that is what I'm going to do. Okay, right. I am going to use my wild card, my final pick for this series. And An we'll see you again to, Faz- to Fabio this time next year. Yeah. No, I'm going to take my team medic. Oh, okay, okay. And there's only a few people this could be that are qualified. Yep. Now you've got a couple racing through your heads. I'm sure I know who you're thinking of. I know who I'm thinking of. I <laughs> know. And I am not jeffing when I say that I think I've got someone different. There's a wild card within the wild card. Oh, okay. And so, look, you're not talking about Dr. Jeff Vanderfield. I'm not talking about Dr. Jeff Vanderfield. He's My... who I was thinking you were going to pick. <laughs> My team medic is Jamie Roberts. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> the thing is, that is extremely smart. Yep. It very much plays into the same logic I use for Fabio. That, if necessary, he's an easy call-up. Yeah, He provides knowledge of the game, as well as just being good at the job and being a good character to have in the squad. Talk to me about Jamie Roberts. Well, so, obviously, qualified doctor was doing his training at the time of the 2011 World Cup, was a large way through it, quite deep into it, but hadn't He's finished yet. He's a doctor. And now he'll be a doctor in two years' time. And now he is indeed a doctor and a qualified doctor and has done some brief bits of doctoring in amongst his general being a millionaire and good at everything Yeah. Yes. Playing acoustic guitar for the Manic Street Preachers. <laughs> yes. But the other thing is, right, if you were to go through the team of the 2011 World Cup, he is second to Monon as the best 12 in the tournament. Agreed. You haven't picked a 12 at the minute, and there was not one better in 1987. Yes, I think that's so fair. So I have taken him out of the equation completely, also goes on to play in twenty fifteen, and is a outstanding rugby player and also knows what bones are. Mm. So I have I'm quite happy with But so does Fabio. Yeah. Also gets on really well with Warren <laughs> The dogs know what bones are. That's very good. Um so does Stefan Constantine. Um, <laughs> he's ripped so many out. Also gets on very well with Warren Gatland. So you've got those two reunited together, you know, like good solid backroom staff who know each other inside out. That's a smart selection. Mm. I like that. And also, I think this format encourages (laughs) cop-outs. Yeah. So, once again, as I say, he didn't play that position in 2011, but you've justified it well enough, and he's he's qualified for that position. He's qualified for that position. He's a qualified doctor. He was qualifying as a doctor in 2011 when we focused on him. That's a perfectly valid selection. In my eyes. And I think a good one to bolster your team that you've picked it. I think so. I think so. And most importantly, you can't pick him. I can't pick him you at can't all. It's off the table that's now. That's a very good point, actually. No, I can't pick him <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, that's that's a good good bit of tactics, I think. Mm. So I'm left with a wild card. That's mm. all I have. And this is the last selection either of us are going to make on part one of the, the Squid Rugby Draft. Yes. In the, the 2022 edition of this. And I'm very, very torn, actually, because. I could use this on a back. Alternatively, I could use this elsewhere, mm. okay? Or even as a forward, but I'm not going to. So, I am going to cap off this team by using this wild card as a genuine outsider of the playing team, okay? okay. So, it's difficult to nail down a position for this guy because he was both an assistant coach and... Also, a medic. So, I think I'm going to use him as my physio. Okay. He's going to be my team physio. So, I'm going to match Jamie Roberts, okay, with somebody who is also going to back up the coaching team, okay? Once again, in the Jacques Narneibo sort of way. He's not going to be the head coach. However, the players will look to him for coaching advice mm-hmm. because he is extremely good at what he does. And so, my wild card selection of the team physio goes to. JJ J. Fletcher who was of course otherwise known Jerry John Fletcher of course as we know and you may remember him listeners of this as the Tongan Santa oh yes the full story behind him he was the Tongan uh, assistant coach at the 1987 Rugby World Cup yes. and he was essentially rugby's Ted Lasso yes because he came from NFL not knowing much about rugby but was a really wholesome man a genuine Texan cowboy and one of the founding members and distributors of Budweiser. You told me this story on the podcast. Yes, I did. And I was captivated yes. by him. And I thought, with this team that I have, who are going to play an attractive brand of rugby, what else do they need but somebody to glue them together, who is extremely wholesome, very lovely, and will know how to get the best out of them as, as the team. I've essentially just picked Ted Lasso as my coach. Sure, yeah, Except I've used my physio spot for that. On Jerry John Fletcher, was he, a, was he a physio? He came on and applied the the little um, oh, sponge. That makes him a physio. To, to okay, at half time and stuff. So that makes him a physio. Part it, it's part of all cooking. physioing <laughs> did in eighty seven. Yeah, they just sponge <laughs> people. he just got a wet sponge. I'm just like, hey, are your knees wet now? It's incredible. Like, yeah, it's broken. I haven't got any anymore. It's like, well? Okay, it's incredible. It's with, we're, we're one episode into this, and we've both used cop out ones on our physio, <laughs> but. He was he Sorry, was crab. down he was down as a physio you know he he did apply that apply water to uh, players legs and what physios did in 1987 but I figured that my team which has a variety of players from all sorts of backgrounds including two dogs <laughs> requires <laughs> Ted Lasso to bring them together and find their common, common yeah. ground. You're as big an advocate for Ted Lasso as anybody I know. Mm. Yeah, I mean you want to lasso the dogs, so I keep them on the lead. Yeah, I think it's a really good tactical choice. You've got to bring your team together, haven't you? And I've got Warren Gatlin to try and do that and try and you know, he's done it for Lions tours yeah. and he's done that, you know, repeatedly with various international teams and, yeah. you know, constructing wasp squads and so on. But you've gone for a very, very different shout. Look, I've gone for and somebody that's... who when I said his name, I knew you wouldn't remember it. Yeah. Let alone put him in your team. Yes. Until actually a minute ago when you said for your physio, I was thinking and you said it's not Jeff Banterfield, I was thinking like, hang on a second, are you gonna go for this guy? <laughs> but no, I figure he's extremely left field. He's somebody you never would have picked. But I figure he's the perfect final selection for this. Because when we go into our training camps for the next year, while we're waiting on the rest of our (laughs) draft, he's going to turn these guys into a team. Yeah, There's nobody who knows how to to do that better than Ted Lasso slash JJ Fletcher, the Tongan Santa. None of our players are still playing at the minute. Actually, Luke Thompson came out retirement last year, but I don't think he's playing this year. Yeah. Yeah. So it does mean that all of them can be locked away for a year to train together. Indeed. In order to play this fixture in, like, five years' time. Yeah, yeah. With that in mind, so overall, how do you feel about the team that you've so far yeah, pulled so together? I'll run through the team, the yes. teams we picked quickly. So my team, I have, in the front row, just Marius Tinku, whereas you have... I have just Brian Moore. No. And say, <laughs> Correct. In the second row, we each have one lock. I have Romania's Stefan Constantine. And I have the mercurial Luke Thompson of Japan. At blindside, I've got Thierry Dusautoir up against Alan Wetton of the '87 All Black team. Uh, I also have Richie McCaw in my back row, who's all right. A World Cup winning captain. Fly off. We very much split the difference in terms of like one of the great debates. That's good. That it's yeah Wilkinson against Carter. Yeah, I've got Wilkinson. He's got Carter. Indeed. And in, we've each got one centre as well. I've gone for a twelve. You've gone for a thirteen. Yeah, of of similar eras as well. Yeah. So again, this is something that these two could have re- realistically been pitted against each other if you picked a World Fifteen. You would often say, "Your are yeah," and to my Brian O'Driscoll, yep. And then back three, we've each got a right wing and a fullback. You've got Blaine Scully and a doc, <laughs> <laughs> and I've got John Coe and a Fijian. <laughs> no, I have John Coe and the Almighty Severo Superboot corridor Doer, who is of course the hot pick of this yeah. of all of these teams put together. He is kind of the most sought or, the sought after. The number one draft pick. Yep. Which is an incredible honour for him, I would say. An incredible honour for you to have him in your I, team, of course. I think so. And yes, so. his opposite number will be Timothy the Dog, usually a centre, probably a little bit controversial that he's playing at fullback, but he has all of the skills and all of the experience to do a job there, opposite one of the greats of the game in Super Boot. I think so. I think so. I am frankly delighted with my team. And we then move into the backroom staff. Where I have Jamie Roberts, my team physio, and Warren Gatland as my head coach. Yes. And opposing that, I have JJ Fletcher, aka the Tongan Santa, aka rugby's Ted Lasso. And then I also have, as my elected sand boy, and also helping out with any other jobs, he's a really, really good boy, Fabio the dog. I'm quite excited for where we go next. Yeah, it's a shame it's probably going to be in like a year. Yep, we've got to wait another year to start filling this out, continue to fill this out with players then added from 2007. And when we get to that, we will also still be allowed to pick players from 87 and 2011. Yep. At that point. So we'll we'll once again have free reign to anybody from those three World Cups. Yeah, there are some players that I've left, knowing that I may well pick down the line. Me too, me too. I can come back to, I can look at again. Uh, Look at with fresh eyes. But I'm quite happy with my team. I'm quite happy with what I've got. Everyone in my team was in my first choice. Like, the list of picks. Okay. And no one in yours was. was Oh, So I think that's actually the best outcome. Yeah. I've not screwed you over. No. You have screwed me over. (laughs) Yep. Big time with Nonu and Superboot. Look, I feel happy. I, I look at my team and I go, yes, this is stronger. Your team has no Romanians. Yes. The thing is, on the flip side of that... I look at my team and think that might be more popular than yours. But look, in a rugby sense, we'd be strong. Look, I've got Fal Felice and two dogs, mate, and Blaine Scully. Of course, mine's and Dan Carter, who's like so good looking. Mm. Johnny Wilkinson, though, is fit. He is. (laughs) He is. (laughs) Blaine Scully, however, trumps them both. So unlucky we don't need to talk about Marius Tinku who is the hottest man alive Yes. instead we invite you to please come back next week when we will be doing our wrap up retrospective look over the whole 1987 tournament only 35 years too late Uh, we will (laughs) dig into it in detail pick our players of the tournament our team of the tournament and we will be revealing the man of the match and dick of the day team of the tournament as well as our overall man of the tournament and dick of the tournament yes there's going to be a lot going on there Uh, Mm -hmm. lots of awards to dish out I'm very excited for it. Thank you, anybody who's not only listened to us talk about games from 1987, but has done this stupid draft thing that you once thought of. And I've had a lot of fun, personally. I've had a lot of fun. i a lot of fun. I think this has been enlightening. There's a lot I didn't expect from you in there, and a lot I didn't expect from me in there. <laughs> yeah, so please join us again next week, then we will be taking a short break before coming back to do 2007, adding to this whole doing this all over again. Please have a lovely week and we will see you later for that. Thank you. Goodbye.